I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. On today's episode, we welcome a chiropractor who is a living legend of sorts in his field. Years into his practice, he was given a terminal diagnosis with two years to live due to a rare pulmonary condition. Spoiler alert, nearly two decades later, he's alive and today he shares the secret of his healing. I'm Jeff McLaughlin, your host, ladies and gents, Dr. Ben Rawl. Ben, what's on tap for today? Well, thank you, everybody. So today I'm very excited to have, uh, I would call him a mentor of mine, and I don't mean that. I don't want to make him sound old, but um, a dear friend of mine, Dr. Jills LaMarche, who is vice president at Life University. Is that the right title, Doc? Is that That right? is correct. Okay. Vice president of University Advancement. Beautiful. And so uh, how long have you been in the profession? It will be 42 years in April of 2021 that Amazing. I graduated from chiropractic school. Amazing. And so I was 24 at the time, yeah. and I started as a chiropractic patient. My first interaction with the chiropractor was at the age of 12. Mm. And after getting well from um, areas of life that I never thought I'd be well, mm. I remember specifically that day in my chiropractor's office said, when I'm big, mm. I'm going to be like you. I want to be a chiropractor. And I was the first person in my family to ever go to a chiropractor. And honestly, I never looked back because... He explained something to me that I'd never had anybody else explain to me. And that was the power that made the body heals the body. And I was like, what does that really, really mean? <laughs> and I guess I got to the point where I'm at today where I, I started understanding that all organic systems in the universe are conscious, self-developing, self-maintaining, and self-healing. So what he described to me is that my body had the ability to heal. And what brought me to the chiropractor uh, was pain in my back. But you'll understand in a minute why this was such an important discovery for my life. Is that So I, I had the chair pulled from underneath me, believe it or not, by a school teacher. Um, I was a really smart kid as a kid, so I was in ninth grade at the age of 12. Wow. And the teacher pulled a chair from underneath me, and I hurt my back. Six months later, after not getting well, the traditional route, somebody said to my mom, you know, you should take Jill to a chiropractor. And my mom, of course, said, what's a chiropractor? And you're talking about 53 years ago. And this is up in Canada, right? Never, right, Doc? I was in Canada, yeah. yeah, northern Canada, where I was born and raised. So anyway, the long and the short, I ended up in this chiropractor's office. His name was Dr. Ronald Ingard. He did a very thorough consultation, examination, took x-rays of my spine, and the next day went back in with my mom and he did what we call in our profession a report of findings and explained what he had discovered. And so he, dis he talked about one area of my spine, which is the low back area, that was what he saw as being a relatively recent problem. And then I remember him looking at my mother and said, but there are other problems in his spine here that I believe have been there much longer. You know, do you remember him falling off a change table as a baby or falling on his head at any, one at any time? And my mother said, no, but I remember her starting to tear up. Mm. And that's when she described the birth process. I was almost nine pounds at birth. My mother weighed 75 pounds. Oh. 
And so I had an extremely traumatic birth, was born as a result of a forceps delivery. And, you know, I always say, you know, thank God for the forceps, obviously, right? right? They saved me, you know, as I was being or trying to be born. They saved my mother from even massive trauma. But my spine was traumatized. And though I had no pain in my neck and no pain in my back before that fall in ninth grade, I was always an unwell child, just never felt energetic, never felt good. I always had pain in my tummy, indigestion, Mm -hmm. constipation, all sorts of issues. And when this chiropractor explained the x-rays to to me with my mother listening in, he had beside the x-ray view box a chart of the autonomic nervous system. And the autonomic nervous system chart shows the nerves that exit the spinal cord, or the spine rather, from the spinal cord, and going to all the different organic systems in the body. So for example, in the upper back, the nerves that exit there go to your lungs and heart, a little bit lower, those nerves go to the stomach, a little bit below that, they go to your bowels, etc. And the function of the human body is governed by electrical power, electricity, just like electricity in your home, I'd say, but it's, it's distributed from your brain down the spinal cord and exits between every vertebra from the first one in the neck to the 24th one in the lumbar spine, the low back, and these nerves go and they bring the energy to all organic systems, basically all cells, all tissues in the human body. So he described some areas of my spine that would directly affect digestion and elimination. And I thought, well, that's hogwash. I've been to all these doctors for all these years. I've been to multiple doctors with all these pains in my belly, and they all tell my parents, it's in his head. It's because he doesn't want to go to school. Mm. That was what they gave him. He doesn't want to go to school. But I was a straight-A student, and I loved going to school, but nobody had ever found an answer. So here was this new kind of doctor, a chiropractor, that was going to correct my subluxations, right? It was another a new word that I had heard for the first time in my life, described that a subluxation was a displacement of the spine that has a negative effect on neurological function. I was like, yeah, yeah, that sort of makes sense. But all I really wanted was for him, for him to help me get rid of my back pain so I could resume my normal daily activities. And so I started chiropractic care based on his recommendations and my mother accepting the recommendations, not believing anything about what he said other than maybe he could help me get better as it related to my back pain. So I did not believe that he was going to help me with my digestion. I did not believe that he was going to help me with my elimination functions. But invariably, within a matter of a number of weeks, I don't know if it was four, five, six weeks, something like that, not only was my back pain gone, but my normal physiology was restored. And I had never known normal physiological functions. I never knew normal digestion. I never knew normal elimination because it was always painful to me. But within that short period of time, I was well. And that's the day that I said, this is like so amazing. Teach me more. And he started teaching me more so I would understand it better. And I made the conscious decision at 12 years old that I'd become a chiropractor. And I've never looked back. It was the best decision I've ever made on my own, even though at the time, my parents thought it was a bad idea because, you know, chiropractors weren't really looked upon as being like real doctors and, you know, yeah. you, might, you might struggle in practice and what are people going to say? And I was steadfast on, I'm going to be a chiropractor. It's the greatest thing that could happen to me in my life. And it was. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> Doc, I've, I've, I love 
I always love hearing chiropractic stories and how people, or just healing stories, right? And chiropractic obviously being our profession and, and what we practice. And you have a unique perspective, though. Number one, uh, being in the in the profession for so long and and being able to see, and, and not only in it, you know, you've been in private practice obviously for a long time and cared for a lot of people, but you've you know, you really, because of your just heart for people, you've traveled, you know, the globe several times over, countless places, universities, high level, you know, leadership in the profession. I think you have a vantage point that not a lot of people get, you know, not only you get to experience the stories of your personal and then the stories you had in your practice, you've children that are chiropractors and you get to work with thousands of students and you get to hear all the amazing stories. And I often say to patients or friends, I say, if you, gosh, if you would, if you, if you would experience what I've experienced, you would really feel the same way. When I work with patients and they come in with suffering or pain or like that doctor you were just talking about that got, that lit the fire in you, um, it's hard not to just have such a, an incredible faith uh, in the body's ability to heal. Now, interesting, you even talk about, well, I didn't even really have faith, Dr. Ben. I mean, I just, I didn't believe him. But this idea of vitalism, and I want I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do because you're such a, a master at this. I think one of the delineations between kind of typical maybe medical care or what we call mechanistic care and then maybe a vitalistic care. And I know you touched on it earlier, for, but, but for like our, our just a listener that's kind of tuning in, the, the general public, what, is, what would you want us to appreciate about vitalism or the body's ability? I know you have stories that if you told them right now, people wouldn't even believe. So I, don't even, I won't even make you tell those. But help just a general person appreciate the healing capacity. But I mean, Life University, which you're the VP at, I mean, you're, that's built upon that foundation. I mean, right? So if you're listening, this sounds interesting to you. I always send people to Life University in Atlanta. Number one, Atlanta is beautiful. But number two, you get to go to a university that operates on this principle. Is that a fair statement, Doc? Absolutely operates on the principle because Life University is founded on the philosophical premise of vitalism. And so you can look up the definition of vitalism, but let me give you the definition that I have lived now for 40 plus years and what is taught at Life University and what we know to be true. So I will never share a story with anyone that is not a factual story. I can't always give you the scientific background behind it, because sometimes science just hasn't caught up. But I gave you sort of a brief definition right at the beginning when I said all organic systems in the universe, which means you you are, every individual is an organic system, all organic systems in the universe are conscious, self-developing, self-maintaining, self-healing. What does that mean? Well, think about it. Uh, From the moment of conception... An egg cell and a sperm cell come together. There is a spark of energy that occurs when the two cells meet. And from those two cells, that child develops over a 40-week period. And most of the times, a perfect child is born. Two cells came together. Therefore, the organic system, right, was conscious There's an energy that that occurred that's there, rather. An energy took place, a spark occurred, and the body self-developed. The mother didn't have to tell the baby how to develop. The father didn't have to speak to the belly to make sure the baby developed normally. (laughs) The baby just developed, self-developing. Okay? Second part of it is self-maintaining. Think about it. You got up this morning. Some of you had coffee. Some of you had breakfast. Some of you didn't, you know, just maybe had a glass of water like I did at the beginning. But your body's self-maintaining. 
Your body right now, as you're listening to this podcast, is producing red blood cells. Your body is producing white blood cells. If you have an infection, it's producing more white blood cells to actually fight off the infection. You don't have to tell it to do that. If you scratched yourself yesterday, you know, walking through the garden, or you cut yourself shaving yesterday morning, whether, you know, shaving your legs or shaving your face, look at that little cut, and there's a scab on it. You didn't have to tell it to do that. It was doing that on its own because it maintains its function, and then when the function is disrupted, then it heals itself, right? Self-developing, self-maintaining, self-healing. This is not a, just a philosophical tenet. It is how the human body works. Think about all the experiences that you've had in your life, how your body is healed. And some people never stop to think, you know. They cut themselves, cutting a, a fresh tomato out of the garden with a really sharp knife. They cut themselves, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding. You wash it, you put a Band-Aid around it, and three days later you take the Band-Aid off, and you don't even know that you cut yourself three, four, five days later, whatever number of days it takes your body to heal, but the body goes through the healing process. And so healing is occurring inside you all the time for injuries or issues that have occurred that you have been completely unaware of, which is why understanding that the body's self-developing, self-maintaining, self-healing is such an important factor. Now, there's a caveat to that statement, which I didn't add at the beginning, Provided there's no interference. So think about it. All organic systems in the universe are conscious, self-developing, self-maintaining, self-healing, provided there's no interference. Now, it's important to look at, so what is interference? There are times, you know, that, for example, I have a grandson that's going to be four years old. August 2020, since we're speaking in August, August 2020 is going to be four years old, who has a chromosome deficiency, has a genetic disorder. That's a limiting factor. There is an interference. And so his ability to perform is never going to be equivalent to the ability of a child who doesn't have that to perform. But the majority of us are born with all these abilities, interference-free, and interference occurs over time. Interference can happen at different levels. I mean, if you're drinking a large a gallon of soda every day, that is going to create some chemical slash nutritional interference with your body's ability to heal. Because every moment of every day, your cells are, are replicating. Your body is using the ingredients that you're ingesting. So whatever you're putting into your mouth, your body is using those ingredients to continue to build new cells, which in time build new tissue, which in time build new organs, right? The heart that's beating inside of me today is not the heart that was beating inside of me 10 years ago because the body has replicated all those cells and has actually rebuilt it. But it, did it rebuild it with good building materials or with subpar building materials? You know, that's one form of interference. Another interference that we know to be true and certainly we talk about in chiropractic all the time is interference with the messaging from your brain to your tissues through the spinal cord and from your tissues communicating back to the brain. I was diagnosed in 2003 with a terminal condition called primary pulmonary hypertension. 
not typical hypertension like high blood pressure, but primary pulmonary hypertension, which is a back pressure from lungs to the right side of the heart. So if you want to look it up, just Google primary pulmonary hypertension. What you'll discover is that the typical prognosis for someone diagnosed with that condition is 24 months to death. Most people who are diagnosed with this condition have about a 24-month lifespan after the diagnosis. Not a great prognosis, which is why it's a terminal diagnosis. It's a terminal prognosis. So I was told by multiple doctors that I would be dead in 24 months or less. I researched the, situ- the, uh, the condition, rather. I also researched the one, the one option that I was given by the medical doctors, and my PCP is my best friend, still my best friend today. We've been best friends since 1979. And he said, this is the suggestion of the cardiologist, and this is what you've got to do. And it was a double lung and heart transplant. That was what I was told was the only thing that was going to keep me alive. And the promise of sorts was that going through that process and procedure was likely to give me five good years. If I did nothing, I had two years to live. If I went through this major traumatic surgery, and you can look at you know, the subsequent issues that occur with double lung and heart transplant recipients, I could potentially live an extra three years. I did all that research, and I made the conscious decision that if it was God's plan for my life that it would end, that I was going to accept that. I didn't go through all the negativity that you hear when people are diagnosed. I, I, did, I wasn't angry you know, at the world. I didn't get angry at God. I had no anger. I was like, I've had a fantastic life. I've got three beautiful children. They were all young adults at the time. And I said, if that is my fate, I will accept my fate. I found someone to take over my practice, which was my biggest baby, if you like, as a practitioner. I love, love, love being a chiropractor. 25 years of serving large numbers of people every single day, every single week, and seeing phenomenal results beyond what I ever dreamt was even possible at the beginning. So on the 14th of April in 2004, I retired from practice, and I went home to finalize my plans. When people know they're going to die, they do things differently. And so I made sure that all my finances were in order. I planned my funeral. I decided what songs they would play. I basically wanted my friends and my family to just have a party and go, you know what? Jill had a great life. He served as best he could. He contributed to society. He was a great father. He was a great husband. He was a great brother. He was, you know, he's a great cousin, great child. And uh, just party and just say, toast to me, have a good time. I even put money in a special account for them to have this party. And I did all that planning. And on the 15th of May, literally 31 days later, I woke up from, you know, sleeping at nighttime. I woke up and the first thought that came to my head was, you're an idiot. You've been preaching the chiropractic paradigm of health and healing for 25 years. There must be something seriously wrong with your spine and nervous system for you to be at the end of your life at the age of 49. And the next thought in my mind was, well, how could there be? I get checked by a chiropractor every couple of weeks. And I had done that for years. But the third thought is what woke me up. Never by the same chiropractor. I was not a practice member in any practice. 
I didn't book regular appointments. I hadn't had a spinal or neurological exam in probably 20 years. I hadn't had an x-ray in my spine probably at least 20 years as well. And so when all the noise died down in my head, I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to call my former practice and make an appointment and go in as a new patient and make sure that I get examined and taken care of as well as our patients do. Doc, that's a brilliant point. And and so many out there who give tirelessly to others don't do that very thing, right? Take care of themselves. And while the cause may be noble, when you, you know, when when that neglect goes on to the point of diagnosis like you had, we're now talking insanity, as I'm sure you would agree. So uh, lots more to this story, but we're going to take a quick break, give our listeners a chance to reset some things, and we'll catch you on the flip side. You are listening to Designed to Heal. We are back. So, Doc, we were talking just before the break about how those who serve and treat others aren't always practicing what they preach, so to speak. And that was kind of your story leading up to this big wake-up call. What were you doing or not doing? So, for example, I was like, to chiropractic, I was like what a plumber might be. You know, a plumber's got a leaky faucet and never gets fixed. (laughs) A cobbler might have kids whose whose, uh, shoes have holes in them. Here I was, the chiropractor, where my children had regular appointments in my practice. They had a chart. They got well taken care of, just like my staff did at my office, just like we took care of all their practice members. But I had not allowed myself that same high quality of care for no fault other than not thinking, obviously. So I said to myself, here I am, a relatively smart guy who made a very dumb decision very early on in his career and took chiropractic for granted for myself. I didn't take it for granted for the people I served. I took it for granted for myself, not consciously, totally unconscious. So it's a long story, but I went to the chiropractor. I had a thorough examination, thorough consultation, x-rays, nerve scan, etc. discovered I had a major issue with my spine in the upper thoracic area which is just sort of at the base of the neck going below, which just happens to be the area that supplies the energy to the heart and lungs. For those listening in who are a bit of a science geeks, uh, my pulmonary pressure was measured at 57 millimeters mercury of pressure. The normal is 15, which means the back pressure from my lungs to my heart was four times greater than what it's supposed to be. After three months of regular chiropractic care, my pulmonary pressure had dropped to 27. Within one year, my pulmonary pressure was normal at 15. Now, what I didn't tell you is that the secondary diagnosis was a word called cardiomegaly, which means an expansion of the size of my heart. My heart had expanded to two and a half times its normal size because my body had adapted to this back pressure, trying to increase the size of my heart so it could pump harder to get the blood into my lungs to oxygenate it and then to send it to the rest of my body. The body has this wonderful ability to adapt, but it got to the point where it could no longer adapt because there were no more space in my chest for my heart to grow any larger. Well, interestingly enough, after two years of regular chiropractic care, right, May 15th, 2004, my first examination to restart my chiropractic care. My first adjustment, May 16th. 
by the end of August, my pulmonary pressure normal, uh, rather at 27 instead of 57. By the end of one year, my pulmonary pressure normal. By the end of two years, I no longer had cardiomegaly. Two weeks ago, I ran the first official 5K race in the Atlanta region in 2020, and I won the senior master's division. I couldn't walk 100 feet without help in 2003, and in 2020, I'm running 5K races and winning, winning in my division. All to, to circle right back to my initial comment. All organic systems in the universe are conscious, self-developing, self-maintaining, and self-healing, provided there's no interference. The interference with my full expression of health was subluxations in my upper thoracic spine. And once corrected and maintained normal positioning and normal function, my body went from being told that I would be dead by 2005 to still thriving in 2020. That's one of my stories. I'm going to stick to it. That's the <laughs> true of the stories I can tell you. And in the science world, that's going to be considered anecdotal. Anecdotal, why? We don't have the scientific evidence to prove that that's what happened to Joel LaMarche. But from my perspective, it's the only thing that I changed in my life on the 15th of May, 2004. I didn't change my meditation practice. I didn't change, you know, the fact that I love to eat, you know, healthy, green, organic. I didn't change, uh, you know, the fact that I drink X amount of water. I didn't drink alcohol then. I don't drink alcohol now, per se, other than the odd glass of wine. I changed nothing in my life. I didn't change my prayer habits. I changed my chiropractic habits. I got adjusted five days a week for three months to experience that decrease from 57 to 27 in my primary pulmonary hypertension measurement. That is what I changed. Can I, I ask continued you, regular care, and I continue today. Can I ask you one kind of closing question? I know, I know for, uh, thank you for sharing, and I get, I always get this way when I hear stories of healing, you know, just goosebumps and, and tears in my eyes just because of the potential. And even knowing that was, you know, I got to really know you better after those years and to think about the blessing you've been in my life and to think that those maybe wouldn't have happened. But I want to clarify something for our listeners, and I think you would agree 100%. Um, chiropractic didn't heal you, meaning we don't heal people. And I don't mean this in a philosophical sense. I just want for a listener that's new to chiropractic, right? That would be saying, well, what, so what is chiropractic treat primary pulmonary hypertension and, you know, cardiomegalia? No, uh, we don't. The answer is, the answer is no. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. The answer is no. Yeah. Um, but what, what did, what that chiropractor did do was remove interference like you had spoken about. So the body could heal and function the way that it's supposed to. I know that can be confusing for people that are newer to vitalism, but the reason, but it's, it's just such an important thing that I want all patients and people to know so they're not chasing something that they realize where the power does reside, right? And maybe you have a final thought on that, Doc. I just wanted to um, make sure people, because I, I know you would say that, um, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I agree. I, would, I agree with you 100%, Dr. Ben. You know, at the beginning, I said what I discovered with my chiropractor is that the power that made the body heals the body. Right. Therefore, the power of healing is inside of you. So when patients would get well from 
whatever situation they presented with, they say, oh, doc, you healed me. I'd say, well, you know, thank you for giving me the comment. (laughs) However, let's go back to understanding what really healed you. And they go, oh, yeah, the power inside me (laughs) healed me. I said, exactly. So my job as a chiropractor, the job of any chiropractor, is to go to take an individual through a thorough consultation to discover what's going on and then to look deep to see if we can find a source of interference that's interfering with the body's ability to do what it was naturally designed to do, yes. right? Self-developed, self-maintaining, and self-healing. Amen. That's it. So chiropractors, you know, we don't heal you from anything. We're not going to heal you from high blood pressure. <laughs> We're not going to heal you from stomach ulcers or stomach pains. Like, No, we don't do any of the healing. Our job is to detect if there's interference and discover how to correct the interference. And when the interference is corrected, like it was in my spine when I was a 12-year-old and like it was in my spine when I was a 50-year-old, the body resumes its function the way it was designed to function. And I went from being on death row in 2003 to thriving by 2005. I started, well, yeah, I would say thrive. It took me about two years to say I I felt completely well and I could resume what I was doing. By 2005, I was back working out, um, you know, which I'd stopped early 2003, probably when the symptoms started getting really, really bad. But my symptoms, my initial symptoms were respiratory distress, major difficulty breathing, even while I was in my office adjusting patients. I always had this deep, deep wheeze. I was always searching for air. And if someone has ever been or is allergic to like cats or animal hair, that kind of stuff, which, which I am, that was the sensation I had. But it was constant. didn't matter where I was. It was constant. As soon as I exerted myself even just a little tiny bit, I would go in, get into this wheezing difficulty. And, you know, that's the diagnosis that was, that was discovered. Primary pulmonary hypertension. And, uh, so, you know, so that's the story I have to share with you. If I'm listening to this, so one of two things, and then when his job will close down. Number one, I'm, I, my mind was blown, and I want to learn more about chiropractic. I might even want to be a, chiropract, a chiropractor, right? Um, yeah. how, do, how do they find Heck you? I know, yeah. I know, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, that's why I love you. Um, and I know Life University does this really great program, um, Life Leadership Weekend. Is there anything, so to a potential uh, person, and I know we have people that start chiropractic school as a second career, they're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, so it doesn't really matter how old you are. Um, you want to be a chiropractor, you want to learn more about it, or you just love this idea of vitalism, the body's designed to heal. How do they kind of, where do you steer them, Doc, as far as Life University goes? Well, the Life University website URL is very easy. It's life.edu for education, life.edu. You can find all the information up there. If you, you think you might want to come and study at Life University, um, you know, go to that website, look up information. You've got contact information to contact our admissions office. Um, and I can tell you that once you contact them, they're very diligent. They, they will respond to your queries or respond to your questions. Um, if, you know, if you're willing to come and visit the university, Four times a year, we host what's called the Life Leadership Weekend, where you come in and experience um, our institution just to see if it's a right fit for you, to understand this philosophy of vitalism that's shared by our chancellor or, or by, by our president. You get to meet faculty. You get to meet other students that are interested in becoming chiropractors. You get to meet current students who we are, are our Life University ambassadors. It's a great experience. And Life University is a beautiful campus, 110 yes. gorgeous acres just north of the city of Atlanta and the city of Marietta. 
And uh, I can tell you that the experience, I've been here seven years. Every day I drive on campus and I look up and I go, wow, thank you. What an opportunity to ser- continue serving at that level and to help future chiropractors qu- question, uh, touch humanity. Question number two would be if you listen to this and you say, hey, I have a different career. I love what I do, um, but I am a living, breathing human and I want to care for my spine. And I had no idea that it was that important or that it could cause things like this or that interference could even happen there. Do you have suggestions? Because, you know, people listen all over the, the, the world to this. So what, how do I find a chiropractor? I don't want to put you on the spot like that, Doc. I mean, I mean, there's lots of great chiropractors, thank goodness. But do you just have any thoughts to that when, Or do you say, find a chiropractor? <laughs> when, when people ask me, how do I find a chiropractor? And uh, if I don't know anyone in their local area, yeah. I said, well, talk to friends and family or colleagues and ask them who they are satisfied with. Who's your chiropractor? Okay. And use that as a direct referral source. I remember. So, you know, a lot, yeah, a lot of people call me, and I, I know chiropractors all over the world. Right. Because, like you said, I've traveled. I've got, I think, in excess of 3 million air miles. <laughs> so I've been around the world a lot. Yeah. And so I have friends and colleagues and people that I trust all over the place. But there are times in small areas or other some areas I don't know anyone. And that's what I say. Ask a friend, family member, or colleague who their chiropractor is. And if they say, oh, I don't have a chiropractor, well, then ask the next person. And then get to the point where you know that they're satisfied with their chiropractor gotcha. or they're really, really thrilled and happy with their chiropractor. Yeah. And obviously in your Florida area, I'd say, well, there's yeah. only one guy I think I would send to is Ben Rawl. <laughs> the, uh, I was like, oh, I did not pay you for that. I remember when I was first in <laughs> chiropractic school and I, one of my professors and he was kind of this legendary chiropractor at the time and had been around a long time. And I was so intimidated that I took your, took your advice before I even knew it. And I, I wanted him to be my chiropractor, but I was too embarrassed to ask him. So I, I asked him who his was. Right. And it was interesting because we as chiropractors, we can't adjust ourselves, obviously. So we need help to do that. So that's why I have a couple of chiropractors I trust my spine with. And um, and so he gave me his chiropractor. And that was a visit that, that changed my life. Right. When, you know, I would imagine the chiropractor that took care of you, that helped your body. He was a pretty amazing person. But, you know, um, Doc, we are so grateful. I know you are doing a million things all the time with chiropractors all over the world. You are a I would love for our listeners to just see some of the texts that get to go back and forth between us. And you're one of the most loving, humble. You're also often known as the, the peaceful warrior of chiropractic because even though you're, you are so certain and strong and, and have your positions, um, you're also one of the, the kindest, most generous people that I know. And so we love you. And I know that thank you very much. lots of other people do. So thank you for being on the show today. And we'll talk soon, Doc. Thank you, and I love you for doing what you do. Love you, brother. And Talk to soon. everybody else out there, if you have not experienced chiropractic, do yourself a favor. Find yourself a great chiropractor and allow yourself to discover what your life is really like when you can function free of interference. Thanks, brother. God bless. God bless you, too. Take care, Take buddy. Care. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.